Well, church, it is time for a word from the Lord. I hope you are ready for a word. We won't be long today because I know you have had a long and amazing service. But our text today is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. Earlier today, we were talking about Juneteenth, the celebration that was yesterday, June 19th of every single year. Feels a little bit different this year because Juneteenth is an official national holiday. Nobody ever thought that that was possible. There was always resistance to that. But Juneteenth is now a celebration that will be recognized around this country for years to come. Juneteenth, if you missed it earlier, stands for June and 19th put together. It is Black Freedom Day, and it represents the date, June 19th, 1865 when enslaved Africans found out that they were free. This wasn't all of the enslaved Africans. As a matter of fact, when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, it went into effect on January 1, 1863. And some of the enslaved Africans from border states were able to run across their respective borders into Union territory. They were able to put on Union uniforms and fight in the Civil War and literally fight for their freedom. And from 1866 all the way until now, we've had cookouts and recognitions and we've had services and memorials and all kinds of things that commemorate this day of black freedom in this country. But, you know, I think sometimes we miss how powerful this imagery really is to be declared free. Type freedom in the comments. Freedom is something that everyone yearns and longs for. Freedom is something that drives our deepest inclinations. It is our heart's desire, the heart's desire of every single human being created in the image of God to live, be, act, and love freely. It's our deepest desire. It drives so much of our conversations in our country. And I like to think about Juneteenth from a different lens. We like to think about Juneteenth for us. I like to think about Juneteenth for them. I like to think about Juneteenth for the ancestors who have come before those who were standing with chains wrapped around their wrist, who were standing in terror and fear in cotton fields and tobacco fields across the South, who were wondering if they would ever see their children and their loved ones again, whose faces had been disfigured due to the abuse that they experienced at the hands of their slaveholders, whose backs had been bloodied by whips, whose legs had been mutilated by the brutal treatment that they received as slaves. Can you see them? Can you see them standing in fields hearing the news for the first time? Can you see the glorious sight of the possibility of freedom? Yes, we know now based upon history that just because they were declared free doesn't mean that they walked into free conditions. We know that now, but they didn't know that then. It was not germane to them. It was not something front of mind that they would step into a system that would still subjugate and isolate and marginalize them. But all they felt in that moment was freedom chains around their wrists, whether figurative or literal, fell from their hands and arms. Can you see them? 
heads that had been bowed low and hanging from a debilitated, dehumanized identity were lifted up in dignity for the first time, high to the heavens, to give praise and thanks to God. Can you imagine what their services sounded like? Can you imagine how loud their shout was? Can you imagine how sweet their songs were? Can you imagine how free their legs and bodies felt, how shoulders that had been hunched over from looking down and not being able to look at people in the eye rolled back. Their bodies stood up straight. They came out. They came out of bondage. The word was declared even if the reality was not experienced, but they came out of something. Someone type freedom in the comments. They came out of something. They were able to experience for even just a moment the sweet taste of freedom. For some people, Juneteenth is a national holiday. Others, it is a historical event. Others still a cultural identifier. But for those of us, who understand the layers and the connections of what enslaved Africans felt in that moment, what enslaved Africans believed in that kept their families together, that kept their minds sane, that kept their souls stayed on Jesus, that kept their bodies from breaking down, that kept them from not giving up. For those of us who understand this, we understand there are theological implications to this, right? There are some theological truths and spiritual realities that this mirrors. It mirrors in a beautiful yet terrifying way because what we know is that they experience hardship and pain and suffering and weakness and anguish and dehumanization, but they came out. <laughs> we came out of bondage. And it, it, it reminds me of this particular clause in our text, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, what does it say? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who, catch this, called you out of darkness. There are two groups of people that I'm talking to here today. These two groups of people will deal with this particular clause found in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The first group of people are those who have yet to be and need to be continually called out of something. The Bible tells us in this text that those of us who have believed in Jesus are called out of darkness. It's fascinating when you know the surrounding passage of what this means, the context Peter writes this letter in the midst of reaching a people who he never intended to reach. Later on in the book, it gives us a hint that Peter is actually writing in Rome. This is oppression country. Peter is an exile in the midst of a country, an environment that seeks to suppress and persecute those who claim to believe in Jesus. You know what this means, to be in a place that does not welcome you. And Peter says that you are chosen. You are royal. You are holy. You are God's special possession, what the King James calls peculiar people. You're different. Why? Because you've been called out of darkness. 
Has anyone been called out of darkness today? I think there may be just about five people who can wave their hands and say, I've been called out of something. I've been called out of bondage. I've been called out of darkness. I've been called out of that relationship. I've been called out of that situation. I've been called out of bondage to that thing that was destroying my mind and my soul and my body. I've been called out of things mastering me, not me mastering them. I've been called out of darkness. And Peter makes this bold declaration to a group of people who are in the midst of something called persecution. I'm not talking about a run-of-the-mill persecution. I'm talking about real persecution, the type of persecution that breaks you down, the type of persecution that costs you your life, the type of persecution for doing the right thing, not for doing the wrong thing. Can you identify with what it means to be persecuted, what it means to suffer, what it means to be in pain, what it means to be bound? what it means to sit and reside in darkness. And Peter tells them the good news. He gives them the freedom declaration. Can't you see their faces rise for the first time? Their lips curl into a smile. Yet in the midst of catacombs and yet in the midst of private houses, hiding away from Roman soldiers who would attempt to take and steal them and throw them in cages or throw them in coliseums or throw them on pyres to be burned in front of people, they yet stand up and say, we are chosen. We are royal. We are holy. We are different. Why? Because we came out of bondage and into blessed freedom. Do you realize what it means to come out of? Do you realize what it means to be called out of? To be called out of something means in some motifs, some words, they call it deliverance. To be delivered from something. Some people call it liberation. To be liberated out of a situation. Other people call it being set free. But have you ever experienced the sweet freedom of being called out of something? Have you ever experienced the sweet liberation and liberty of being able to step out of a situation or a people or a place that had you in chains, that had you bound, that had you beaten down, that had you feeling dehumanized, that had you feeling like you didn't even know what your purpose was, that had you feeling like you didn't have any dignity or any value or any voice or any worth or any prized possession that you should look down upon yourself, not trust the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Am I speaking to anybody today who's been called out of something? Wave at me. I'll be able to see you by the spirit's eyes. Wave at your television and tell me I came out of something. Look at a family member or a neighbor that you're watching this with and say, I came out of something. I came out of darkness. And I'm here to tell you today, church, that if you walk with Jesus, you are always being called out of. You may think it is a one-time instance and occurrence. You may think that it seems as though one will do one magical prayer, one hand, special hand with special oil laid on your forehead, one particular time when the music hit just right and the singers were singing right in the, in the perfect time, in the perfect place, and it seemed like they were singing just to you and the heavens would open up and doves would come down and angels would inhabit the place and you would finally be free. But I'm here to give you some bad news and burst your bubble. You are always being called out of. 
There will never come a time in your spiritual walk with Jesus where you do not need to be called out of. Can I get theological? This is what the theologians call sanctification. We are saved by something called justification, justified in the sight of God because we believe in Jesus just as if I never sinned. And so as a result, now Jesus's character is all that God sees when God looks at us. That's a reminder. Don't look down upon what Jesus doesn't look down upon. And here's what we see that not only are we justified, but now we are also sanctified as well. That means that we are being conformed slowly but surely, painfully, heavily, hardly into the image of Jesus Christ. This is a daily walk. And so you are being called out of when someone cuts you off on the highway and you want to roll down your window and say a couple of choice words about their parents or about their mother or about what they can do with themselves. When you choose not to, you are being called out of. Can we be real here? When you want to participate in something or you see someone who catches your eye, but you made a covenant commitment to your partner that you would stay true and faithful to them, you are being called out of. When it seems as though you could go along with the people at your job when they are talking disparagingly about a coworker and you choose to interrupt that, you choose to stop them referring to that person in a xenophobic way or othering them, you are being called out of. In the times when your kids get on your nerves and they drop something that you had prepared, when they spill something that makes you get on your hands and your knees early in the morning before anyone should be awake and wipe up their spill, you are being called out of. When your spouse gets on your last nerve, and you're done with them and you have to leave the house and drive around just so you don't say something you will regret, you are being called out of. When you have the temptation of being in a situation and it seems as though you could participate in everything and there's no consequence, in that moment, church, you're being called out of. Is anybody glad that Jesus doesn't just save us back there, but doesn't allow us to stay in the same place that he found us, that Jesus is calling us out and Jesus is waving his hand and saying, come back, come with me, come out. Can we lift up our hands right now and thank God that he called us out of? Thank Jesus that Jesus didn't allow us to stay in that place. Thank God that God is always, always calling us out, always drawing us forward, always saying, come out of, come away from darkness. God is so good. God will not allow us to stay in places that will not fulfill us. God will not allow us to be in situations. God will not allow us to be in scenarios where he does not make an invitation to call us out of. But that's not the only thing you see. A lot of people truly believe that all that they're doing is being called out of. I mentioned Juneteenth and the enslaved Africans. They stepped out of slavery according to the decree. They stepped out of bondage according to the proclamation. They stepped out of their enslaved condition. They stepped out of the plantation. They stepped out of the hireling house. They stepped out of these spaces. They stepped out of having to hide out and worship in hush harbors and grove trees. They stepped out of, but here's the problem. They stepped out of, but what did they step into? They stepped out of something, but they didn't step into light. They stepped into dimmed light, dimmed radiance. 
They stepped into situations called Jim Crow. They stepped into separate but unequal. They stepped into convict leasing. They stepped into black codes. Do you know your history? They did not step into freedom where people applauded them in the North just because it wasn't the South. They stepped into situations where they were just as subjugated as before. They were just as treated poorly as before. Now they could just say, quote unquote, you're free, right? You are free, in quotation marks. You're free-ish in the technical sense. You're free and the laws do not protect you. You're free and your children do not receive the same education. You're free and you cannot buy a house in this neighborhood. You're free, but you don't have the same access as everybody else. And here's what I love about Jesus. This is the word of freedom. This is what freedom truly means for those of us who are following Jesus because God doesn't just call us out of, God calls us into. Look at the text, what does it say? Him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, into his marvelous light. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here's the thing, you can't just say you're coming out of, you must step into. I'm speaking to somebody today because you have come out of darkness, but you haven't stepped into the light. And I'm calling you today, not just out of, but also in two. Here's something you need to hear. There's a difference between being set free and staying free. There's a difference between being liberated and living like you're liberated. <laughs> There's a difference between being delivered and doing the things that delivered people do. There's a difference between getting out of it and getting it out of you. <laughs> Can I say it again? There's a difference between getting out of it and getting it out of you. See, I don't just want to walk out of darkness, but I want to step into a place that will drive the darkness out. I don't just want to step out of bondage. I want to step into a place that embraces me with freedom. I don't just want to step out of a bad situation or a deficient place or an inferior mindset. I want to step into all that God called me to do and have and receive and be and walk in. I want to come into the light. And this is the thing that many of us don't understand is some of us step out of, but we never step into. If you are a follower of Jesus, you will always be, be, be being called in to. You will always be called in to. You are always being drawn into the light. You are always being drawn into the truth. You are always being drawn into the way. You are always being drawn into the presence of God. And many people don't understand and don't realize the fullness of God's power and God's presence because they came out of and thought that was enough. They came out of and said, I prayed the prayer. They came out of and said, I got out of the situation. But the life that I believe God has for us, church, is the abundant life. It is the Zoe life. It is the life that says that the enemy may be here to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have called you to a more abundant life. Life and life more abundantly, John 10.10. 10. Isn't it the truth? that there is more for you than what you left. Can I prophesy and speak truth to you? There is more for you ahead than what you left behind. There is more for you up there 
than what you left back there? Can we get real? Some of us come out of and don't step into because out of was familiar. Out of was comfortable. Out of was secure. Out of was easy. Out of, I knew how to navigate it. Out of, you you see, sometimes you just want to reach back. Out of, you see, all my friends are there. Out of, all my people are there. Out of, all the things that I'm used to are there. You're calling me to step out of? And now I'm in wilderness territory. Now I'm in confusion place. Now I'm in the vast wasteland of I don't know what to take, what step to take next. See, back here, I knew what God told me to do because I just listened to what everybody else did. I just listened to what everybody else was doing around me. I live vicariously through their relationship in Jesus. And it's easy here. It's simple here. I'm going, I I just want to go back. Children of Israel, what did they say? Take us back to Egypt. At least we knew we would have a meal. We're enslaved. But at least we know that they would provide for us leeks and onions. That's a decent enough meal. Why are you giving us this manna? Why are you giving us this quail? It's the same thing every day. There's no variety here. And it's interesting, church, because we may look at that and say in our heads and our hearts, what are they talking about? But the truth of the matter is that routine and our chains and our bondage and our darkness will have us believing things about our past and believing things about past places and situations and relationships that aren't for us, that aren't aren't for our flourishing, that aren't for our development, that aren't walking and calling us into our purpose. But they're just drawing us back to the thing that was... If you don't step into, you'll go back to. If you don't step ahead, you'll go backward. If you don't move forward, you'll eventually track back. Why? Because it is too tempting for us to step out of something, not into something. There's a fear. Can I speak to that fear? Can I speak to that heartache? The person who says, I'm scared to commit. The person who says, I don't know what's next. The person who says, I'm uncertain about the future. The person who says, I don't know what's going to happen around the corner. What God is calling you into is not darkness. It is blessed, glorious, marvelous, radiant light. The light of the world. The light that shines in the darkest places. The light that illuminates even the hardest moments. The light that says, come, son. Come, daughter. Come, my beloved. Come into freedom. Come into wholeness. Come into purpose. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just come out of. I want to come into. I don't just want to leave the dark place, the bound place, the low place, the place of diminishment and dehumanization. I want to step into everything. God called me to experience the image of God is on me. And I love this reality because we see in 1 Peter chapter 2 that there's a descriptor. When you can step into light, this is who you become. You become chosen. When you can step into light, you become royal. 
When you can step into light, you become holy. When you can step into the light, you become special and peculiar and different. And, and, and I think sometimes we need to remember and we need to remind ourselves, I'm different now. <laughs> I stepped out of that. I'm different now. It may not be manifested in my material situation or my bank account or the connections that I have. I may still be recovering and rebuilding, but I'm rebuilding in a healthy way. I'm reconstructing in a way that doesn't leave massive gaps in my understanding of Jesus and massive gaps in my understanding of what God has called for me to do. And it may be a slow process and it may be a rough process and it may be a difficult process and I may cry tears and I may be body bowed and I may be on my knees and I may feel like it's suffering, but I'm going to step into light. Why? Because I'm different now. Somebody needs to type that in the comments. I'm different now. I'm not the same person that I was. I'm not going to be involved in the same things I was before. I'm not going to be bound by the th same things that had me deceived before. I'm not going to go back to the dark. I'm not going to go back to bondage. I'm different now. And when you're in Jesus, when you are in the light, you can step out of bondage into freedom. You can step out of darkness and into radiance. You can step out of sin and into blessed flourishing. You can step out of being dehumanized into dignity. You can step out of your head hanging low to your head being lifted up high. You can step out of a broken heart into a whole heart. You can step out of a shattered soul into a soul that has been put back together. You can step out of the negative emotions into the positive into the truth into the way and God is calling us church to come into don't just stay out of but come forward and I felt this so strongly that I had to preach this I had something else that I was going to talk about but God moved upon my heart and said call my people out of and call my people into out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Come forward. Freedom is here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty and deliverance. And you can set free, be set free, and stay free, church. Whom the Son sets free, stays free. Whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. Not just out of but into, into, into. God, we love you. We acknowledge your presence. We ask that you would break the chains of bondage in hearts, minds, souls. Break the bonds of sin and iniquity, the lies of the enemy, the scales that sit and exist over our eyes, and set us free. Help us not just to be set free, but stay free. Not just to talk about freedom, but live it. I speak right now to every person under the sound of my voice who is flirting with bondage. And I say, come forth, come out of, into God's marvelous light. Who knows what it is for, for you who are listening? Who knows what it may be? I don't know what it is for you. But I do know that there was a blessed invitation, an invitation that will lead to all of your flourishing, all of your peace, all of your wholeness. And you may not be rich, but you can be free. 
You may not be accomplished, but you can be free. You may not be powerful, but you can be whole. And God is inviting you right now. So spirit of the living God, give us all courage to walk in our freedom, to get free, to stay free, to live free. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church. Come out of into. Well, church, I hope that that word and worship blessed you. I hope it challenged you. I hope the seeds of the gospel were sown deep in the soil of your soul so that you can bear much fruit. We don't just believe in making decisions. We truly believe in making transformation and discipleship. So if you made a decision for Christ today, I hope and desire that you would reach out to us, that you would type home in the comment section of Facebook or YouTube, we genuinely want to reach out and talk to you and encourage you and walk with you on this spiritual journey. And when it comes to salvation, I just want to make this clear that it is just a prayer away. That the Bible says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. And salvation is the most important decision you can make, the decision to follow after Jesus. It's not just a momentary statement. It is a lifelong commitment. It is a heart transformation. And so if that's you and you desire a heart transformation, it is as simple as lifting up your hands and saying, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've gone against your way. God, I desire to follow after you for all of my days. I desire to lift up Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and I know that Jesus will change my life forever. It's as simple as that. You don't have to use my words. There's no power in my words. The power is in the confession and in the belief. And if you prayed that prayer, again, type home in the comments. We would absolutely love to talk with you and walk with you along this next stage of your spiritual journey. Thank you again for tuning in. If you did not have the chance to give, I want you to click the app uh, link or the giving link up in the description or in the pinned comment, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. That'll take you directly to places where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift if you want to sow into the kingdom. There's no compulsion. We're not trying to scheme to get money out of you. That's not our desire at all, at all. We just believe in giving and in generosity because it reflects the heart of the kingdom of God and also so that ministry can be done, true ministry can be done as well. Well, church, I hope to see you next week here at the NDCC Online Worship Experience. Same time, same place, we are going to be here, and I know that God is going to meet you. I pray that God stays with you, that it's not just here on a Sunday morning, but I pray that God stays with you throughout the week. I speak blessings upon you, the power and the peace of God upon you as you go into real life now. Go and apply and do what God has taught you today. Well, this is Pastor Tyler, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Be blessed.